for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome everyone to Another Living Life. Uh, we all know the story of King David and King Saul. Uh, even though King Saul was the first king of Israel, he was much maligned and hated by most people, and history does not treat him that well. Uh, however, David, uh, he is the most beloved king of Israel, a man after God's own heart. Uh, that's what scripture likes to say about him. So what was the crucial difference between the two men, these two kings? Uh, was David perfect? and Saul just a terrible man? Uh, no, not really. If you actually read scripture, you know that David had a lot of sins. All of his sins are actually just spread all over throughout the Old Testament. Uh, so what was the main difference between these two men? Uh, why was one considered a hero and the other such a villain uh, in the eyes of the Bible and history? Uh, simply put, it was their response to the Word of God. It's how they responded when their sins were revealed through the word of God. And that is the main difference between these two men. Uh, when faced with his own sin revealed through God's word, uh, Saul fought it. He argued against it and he made him very angry. However, David, doing the same thing happened to him when his sins were revealed through God's word. Uh, he took full responsibility for it. He fell on his knees and he repented with everything that he had. And he just prayed and he ripped his garments at times and he did all that he can to be able to return back to God. Uh, we all know that no one is perfect. Uh, we are all sinners. I am a sinner. You are a sinner. We're all sinners. Uh, but more than the sin, it's our response. When that sin is revealed through God's word, how we respond to it is the most important thing. It's actually the most utmost thing as we see in today's passage. Because through that, we see the contents of our own heart and we can answer the question, am I for me or am I for God? Uh, today, we'll be looking at another king, King Joachim, He's a descendant of David, actually, and we're going to see how his response to God's word ended up not only cursing his own life, uh, but cursing many generations and his whole nation as well. So at this time, please join me in reading today's passage. Jeremiah chapter 36, verses 20 through 32. After they put the scroll in the room of Elishama the secretary, they went to the king in the courtyard and reported everything to him. The king sent Jehudai to get the scroll, and Jehudai brought it from the room of Elishama the secretary and read it to the king and all the officials standing beside him. It was the ninth month, and the king was sitting in the winter apartment, with a fire burning in the firepot in front of him. Whenever Jehudai had read three or four columns of the scroll, the king cut them off with a scribe's knife and threw them into the firepot until the entire scroll was burned in the fire. The king and all his attendants who heard all these words showed no fear, nor did they tear their clothes. Even though Elnathan, Delaiah, and Gemariah urged the king not to burn the scroll, he would not listen to them. Instead, the king commanded Jeremiel, 
a son of the king, Saraiah, son of Azrael, and Shelemiah, son of Abdiel, to arrest Baruch, the scribe, and Jeremiah, the prophet. But the Lord had hidden them. After the king burned the scroll containing the words that Baruch had written at Jeremiah's dictation, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Take another scroll and write on it all the words that were on the first scroll, which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, burned up. Also, tell Jehoiakim, king of Judah, this is what the Lord says. You burned that scroll and said, Why did you write on it that the king of Babylon would certainly come and destroy this land and wipe from it both man and beast? Therefore, this is what the Lord says about Jehoiakim, king of Judah. He will have no one to sit on the throne of David. His body will be thrown out and exposed to the heat by day and the frost by night. I will punish him and his children and his attendants for their wickedness. I will bring on them and those living in Jerusalem and the people of Judah every disaster I pronounced against them, because they have not listened." So Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to the scribe Baruch, son of Neriah. And as Jeremiah dictated, Baruch wrote on it all the words of the scroll that Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire. And many similar words were added to them. Jehoiakim was the king of Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel. Uh, though he was the oldest son of King Josiah, uh, he was not allowed to take over once his father died. Uh, many people, including his father, believed that he was unworthy of the throne. Uh, when he actually finally ascended to the throne uh, after replacing one of his brothers, uh, he actually proved how right his father was because Jehoiakim was a terrible king. Uh, he was a terrible person. He was immoral. He refused to follow in the ways of God. And he went beyond just ignoring God's word. Uh, he went against it at every and any opportunity that he had. And he was very brazen in his disobedience of God. Uh, he was actually proud to go against the commandments and the word of God. You know, in today's passage, uh, we see the prophet Jeremiah. He dictates the word of God uh, for his scribe Baruch to transcribe and write. Uh, afterwards, everything written in that scroll is shown and reported to King Jehoiakim uh, by his officials. Uh, however, as soon as Jehoiakim sees it, uh, he gets very angry, and not only does he just kind of throw it aside, he actually attacks it. Uh, the scroll, that, the nature of the scroll as we see in today's passage, was actually a summary of all that had happened in the kingdom uh, since the reign of King Josiah, the father of King Jehoiakim, until that time. Uh, it actually listed out all the wickedness, all the sins, all the problems. Uh, everything was revealed uh, by God, and it was shown through Jeremiah and Baruch. And the word of God was spoken through those two prophets. Uh, two things that today's passage that we can see. Uh, the first thing is the importance of God's word. Uh, we need to actually understand and realize what God's word is and how important it is. You know, the word of God, as we say, the Old Testament, the New Testament, uh, is many things. It's many things put together. It's a history book sometimes. It has poems. It has songs. It has parables. It has so many different uh, genres and types of writing just put together in these 66 books. Uh, it's a history and biography of many, many people, including uh, Jeremiah and King Jehoiakim and all these different figures. Uh, one thing that doesn't appear in the Bible, actually, uh, is me and you, right? 
Uh, we're not actually in it. There's no Stephen in it. There's no Bob in it or Billy in it. There's no Sue in it, whoever, right? We are not individually written in the Bible. Uh, yet, if we believe that the Bible has nothing to do with us on a very deep and personal and intimate level, uh, then we are badly mistaken. We are badly mistaken and we are foolish if we don't believe that those books, though they may be written thousands of years ago, have nothing to do with us because in actuality, all of those books have everything to do with me and you and in this life that we're living right now. You know, scripture says that all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That scripture not only shows us a glimpse of God and his work in our history, it actually also sheds a light on us. It reveals what's inside of us. It reveals our sins. It reveals our hopes. It reveals all of these things inside of us. And it's very foolish to think that the book is a very separate entity that has nothing to do with me and you. Uh, that was Jehoiakim's first mistake, failing to recognize what the word of God was. It was a mistake that we can and we should never, ever make. The Bible is God's word for us, given to us as a gift to us. It's a revelation of him in our world, in our history, as well as a book that we need to use to be able to guide us and give us life and be able to show us what the true truth is above all different things. It's a book that is also eternal as well. It's a book that's going to last the fullness of history. Uh, though many people have tried to attack it and get rid of it, no one person has ever succeeded. As a matter of fact, Joachim does the same thing too. Uh, at the end of today's passage, he tries to uh, rip it up and just throw everything out, thinking that's over, right? Uh, but as soon as he does that, what does God do? God reveals a greater revelation to Jeremiah, and Baruch writes up ending not only that uh, full scribe, but even more of it. It says even more similar words were added to them. And as much as Joachim tried to get rid of it, uh, there's nothing that he or any man can do that could go against the word of God. And that's something we need to realize in our old lives. The word of God is a living, breathing document uh, that is meant to be able to show us who God is and also to show us who we are in light of God's life. So let's begin today with that spirit and that attitude as we stand before this, the word of God. Uh, secondly, uh, more importantly perhaps, or just as importantly, is our response to the word of God. If we know what the word of God is, uh, we need to respond accordingly to it. You know, Joachim, he could have responded in many, many different ways. After seeing what his father went through, after seeing all that was going on, uh, there's so many different ways that he could have responded, right? Uh, his sins are revealed at this moment. And he could have just went down on his knees. He could have ripped his garments like his father did in the presence of the word and just repented and just turned away from all his uh, disobedience. Uh, instead, what does he do? Uh, he doubles down, he triples down, he quadruples down on his disobedience. Uh, he tears it apart, literally tears it apart as it is being read, and he burns it. Uh, this act is actually a physical manifestation of what he had been doing his whole life and his whole reign, willfully uh, disobeying and willfully ignoring the word of God. You know, as we know, the consequences of sin is death. Uh, but the problem is the consequences of Jehoiakim's sin is not only death for him, uh, but actually for generations to come. We actually see in verse 31, God says, I will punish him and his children and his attendants for their wickedness. I will bring on them and those living in Jerusalem and the people of Judah every disaster I pronounce against them because they have not listened. The last part is so important. Uh, though they hear, though they might have heard with their ears, 
they did not actually listen because they didn't act according to it. They didn't respond appropriately to it with their actions, their words, and their lives. And the problem is sin has a power to not only affect the sinner but people around it, uh, but because Jehoiakim is the king, his sin, the effects of it is so much greater. You know, we are standing in the front of scripture today. Uh, it's very easy for us to just kind of read it as uh, just a story that has nothing to do with me and me on my personal level during this time. Uh, in our church, we actually started a campaign, a project, uh, a few months ago where all the members of our church, uh, we come together and we just kind of broke apart different uh, slots in the Bible, right? Eight, nine chapters each. And everyone came together and we just kind of write it, transcribe it. Uh, it sounds fun, right? <laughs> but we actually added a wrinkle to it. It's not just writing it. Uh, we made a rule that you need to write it perfectly. As a matter of fact, if you make one mistake, one punctuation error, uh, the goal is to write a, uh, start over from the brand new page again. Uh, it sounds easy in theory, but many people ended up writing like, uh, like 10 pages, using 10 pages for one chapter or something like that. And, and they were having a very difficult time. And it was actually funny hearing all the different stories of people making a mistake on the last line or the last page or uh, something like that. Not funny, funny, haha, but still, it was funny for us after uh, the fact. Uh, but one thing was great about this project was all the feedback that we got afterwards. Uh, though they complained about how difficult it was, uh, they loved that they were able to immerse themselves in that short little part of the Bible, uh, whether it was eight chapters, nine chapters, or even one chapter, uh, because it took so long for them to write it, they got so into the book and they realized how amazing the Word of God truly was in their lives, and how important it was, and how relevant it was. And I just loved hearing that uh, from our members. You know, God speaks to us through his word. He's speaking to me, he's speaking to you, but his desire is not for us to just read it and gloss over it, uh, but for us to truly, truly listen and respond with obedience and even face with our sins, uh, not act like Jehoiakim, but be able to repent on our knees. Uh, since he has given us this word, we actually have no excuse. We have no excuse to be unresponsive to God's word. God desires obedience over anything else. So as we continue to read scripture today and every day through the living life, uh, ask yourself, what is God trying to show me today? What is God trying to tell me in this moment today? Uh, me, right now, living wherever I'm living, whoever you are, what is God trying to tell me on this deep personal level? And how is it that he wants me to obey? If we ask those two questions each day, I guarantee that not only will God speak to you, but your lives will be transformed by the power of his word. What caused King Jehoiakim to be so disobedient to the word of God? Uh, what caused him to be so angry, not only to tear the scroll, the actual word of God, uh, but to actually throw it in the fire? to tear it into pieces and just uh, treat it like garbage? What caused that disobedience in his heart? If you actually look at it, uh, the source of all of that was actually his pride. Uh, when he put himself over God's will, when he put himself over the word of God, when he considered himself greater than all of those things, uh, then and that became the source of his sin and the impetus for all his other actions afterward. Uh, when we are... Uh, prideful, we tend to go off and sin as well. Uh, so today, as we stand in the presence of God's word, 
uh, let us be able to humble ourselves, uh, go down on our knees, and be able to just let go of all that we have and surrender this time and ourselves to God. Let's all pray together. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you so much uh, for giving us your word. Uh, so often we forget that your word is actually your word, Lord. Uh, we read it as history, we read it as homework, we read it as something that we need to do on Sundays, uh, but we don't treat it the way that we ought to treat it, as your own words given to us. Uh, so today, as we stand and sit before your word, let us be able to humble ourselves, lay down our pride, and just be able to immerse ourselves uh, in your word so that you could speak to us and that we will be able to follow and obey. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this wonderful time. We pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh